Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. All right, our scripture reading for this morning comes to us from Exodus chapter 15, the first 10 verses. It says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. This is the word of the Lord. All right, good morning again. We're continuing with our series on Exodus called The New Normal. Uh, as we look at uh, God's people coming out of slavery in Egypt into freedom, into a new life, and what God has in store for them, and consider how God does the same for us. Um, but as always, uh, we are going to begin uh, with an opening question. And as you can tell, this being Sports Jersey Sunday, we are going to be sports metaphor heavy in today's message and in the questions we ask. So the first one has to do with that. It's this. Now, granted, all right, we're all Christian here. We know God is in control. Uh, but nevertheless, sports fans tend to be a rather superstitious lot. So let me ask you this question. When you go, when you have a team that you're rooting for and you go to watch the game or go to the game, what traditions, what superstitions, what little rituals do you have that you feel you have to do every time your team plays so that they will win? Uh, let us know what it is. Maybe, you know, you always have to sit in the same chair. Maybe you always have to have a plate of nachos every time. And if you don't, then your team is not going to make it. We all know how it goes. So uh, what little superstition, what ritual, uh, what tradition do you have uh, when your team is going to play? You can jump on the live chat. we got Blake today as our online pastor. Pastor Chris is out visiting another one of our network churches. Uh, uh, or you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. One more time, that's 407-842-8884. Now, while we are waiting for those answers to come in, uh, I have to admit that uh, choosing today as Sports Jersey Sunday was a little mercenary on my part, because 
my Cardinals are doing extremely well right now. Uh, in fact, uh, it's been kind of a rough season for us. Uh, we've had some ups and downs, including a lot of downs. I remember uh, this was not even that long ago. We had a game we were playing. We were up eight to nothing, which is amazing for baseball. That's a pretty high scoring game. And to be eight runs ahead, absolutely amazing. And we ended up losing that game 13 to nine. Uh, True story. Uh, and so there have been some ups and downs, but uh, at the time when I came up with the idea for this, we were currently on like an eight-game win streak, and we were nine and one in our last ten, and I thought, things are turning around for the Cardinals. You know, let's do Jersey Sunday so I can wear my jersey to church on Sunday. And then by the time I got around to writing my message, I always write my message usually on Thursday after thinking about it for a while throughout the week. By the time we got to Thursday, they were on a 12-game win streak, which is insane. Like the previous record was 14 games, and they set it in 1935. So 12 games. And so at this point, I'm thinking, well, you know what? I'm preaching on it this Sunday. They can't lose, you know? They got to keep winning between now and Sunday, Lord, you know? And uh, they are now 15 games in. 15-game win streak as of today. That's right. And I take full credit because I decided to preach on it. And so that is why the Lord has blessed them with such success. So if, if they lose today, sorry, guys. I did the best I could, you know? Uh, so, uh, Blake, did we get any other, like, what kind of rituals and superstitions do people have about their teams? Yeah, so we got a couple people that wrote in. They said that they make homemade spinach dip or homemade chips and salsa. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, and then somebody else said that they're a Mets and Jets fan, so there's no hope. Uh, they just lose. There's nothing that they can do. <laughs> nothing just, at yeah. all. Uh, Brendan said if the team wins, uh, he never washes the jersey. Um, uh, there you go. Jack says that he wears purple socks to the Orlando City games. Oh, there you go. Um, and then somebody on Facebook, they're Steelers fans, they say that they wave their terrible towels. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, what was that last one about towels? They're terrible towels. It's a Steelers uh, thing. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Yeah. yeah. Kind of lame. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't get it. In my opinion, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so, believe it or not, this does tie in pretty strongly uh, to what we are talking about today. But I want to point something out first. Uh, did you notice um, at least a couple of times when I was talking about how great the Cardinals are doing lately, uh, did you notice a few times that the pronoun I used in describing the success of the St. Louis Cardinals was we and us, right? We're doing great. We are on a 15-game win streak. Does anyone honestly believe that I am on a 15-game win streak, that I have anything to do at all with the success of the St. Louis Cardinals? Of course I don't. That's absolutely ridiculous, and yet we often do tend to think of things in that way when we have a team that we support, we think of our, at, as we, as us, like we're together, like we are contributing, even though we know that ultimately we are not contributing. 
Today we see God's people, they've come out of Egypt. So we know uh, this is kind of what they were waiting for. They, this, they're free now. They made it out. Uh, God sent all those plagues on, uh, on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Finally, Pharaoh relents. The people get to go. And you may not know this because it's an it's a aspect of the story that we often skip over. We don't spend a lot of time focusing on this. But they got to plunder Egypt before they left. Just like a conquering army, uh, if a conquering army takes over a city, you know, they would plunder it. They'd take away all the loot and everything. So they got to do that. They gathered together gold and silver and expensive spices and all this kind of stuff. And they took it with them. And they go out. And then, of course, we all know how the story goes at the last minute. Pharaoh changes his mind, sends his armies out uh, after Israel. God parts the Red Sea. They walk through, and then the waters come back down and, and destroy Pharaoh's army, and the people are free. And so they get to the other side, and they sing this song of victory. And some of the, the stuff I was reading about it uh, said that this is very similar to like in epic poems where an army, after accomplishing a great victory, will you know, sing a song of victory. And so here, uh, the Israelites are doing the same thing. Except the difference is that they actually didn't have anything to do with the victory that just took place. They actually accomplished none of it. They were virtually bystanders in their own deliverance. All of the work was done by God. They cried out for deliverance. They cried out for a deliverer. God sent Moses. Moses himself was like, I can't do this. And God was like, don't worry about it. I'm going to do it. God sent the plagues. God parted the Red Sea. God destroyed Pharaoh's armies. And to their credit, we see this reflected in the song they sing. I'm not going to reread the whole thing. We just read it. But the first couple of verses, it says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider, he has thrown into the sea. A little bit later in verse 4, he says, Pharaoh's chariots and his host, he cast into the sea. It was God that did all of these things for them. God brings his people victory, and he brings us victory as well. I joked about pushing a lot of sports metaphors today, but there's another big metaphor that is taking place in today's text. Because you see, the whole story of, Egypt, of Israel coming up out of Egypt is a metaphor for our own salvation. Just as God's people were physically enslaved and had to be physically delivered and brought into physical freedom by God in this text, we, before Jesus, were spiritually enslaved. We were held captive by sin. And we were enslaved to the consequences of that sin, evil and death in the world. And God also sent us a deliverer. 
But this was not Moses, but was Jesus. And Jesus saved us from sin, death, and evil. Jesus saved us from those things, and he did it in the same way by accomplishing all of that himself. Jesus is the Son of God, the only one who even could accomplish those things, who could stand in our place. Jesus is the one who lived a perfect and sinless life. Jesus is the one who suffered and died. Jesus is the one who claimed victory over death by rising from the dead. And this is good news for us. We don't have to win the game ourselves, but instead we just get to watch that awesome victory happening. And that's the way it has to be. You know what one of the, for people that are big sports fans, do you know what one of the most common fantasies is that people have when they're a big sports fan? It's the fantasy of going to the game. And you're sitting there at the game, like I go to see the Cardinals play, you know. And uh, Paul DeYoung, he gets injured. And they've already used everyone off the bench. They don't have any other players, and so... The manager looks up and he says, you there, in the Cardinals jersey, come on down, we need you to pinch hit, right? And you go into the game, you get to play, you get to hit a home run or something like that, right? That's the fantasy that happens. But we all know ultimately how unrealistic that fantasy is. First of all, I mean, uh, setting aside the whole that it's completely against the rules, you know. Let's imagine that actually happened. Does anyone think for even a moment that I would contribute anything to the game? In fact, not only would I not contribute anything, me being present on that field would actively work against anything they were trying to do. I'd be a hindrance to them. It would be that bad. And that's true for most of us. And it's true when it comes to our faith. We uh, sometimes have this fantasy that we contribute to our salvation. That we can be responsible for our salvation. That we can just be good enough to help out a little bit. But we can't. And we don't need to anyway. Jesus is the professional here. Jesus is the one who wins the game. And he does it for us. But just because we don't contribute to winning the game doesn't mean that God doesn't still want us to be a part of things. I'm going to explain what I mean by that in just a minute, but first, let's get our second question. Um, now, I think most of us that are sports fans, and I apologize, if you're not a sports fan today, I understand, but I hate you guys on all those days when I talk about nerd stuff, okay? So, for those of us that are sports fans, um, there is always something different and something special about going to see a game live instead of watching it on TV. What is your favorite thing about going to see a live game 
in person versus just watching or listening to the game? What's your favorite thing about going to see a live game versus just watching or listening to the game? Again, you can jump on the stream, the live chat, uh, or you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. said a moment ago that just because we don't contribute anything to winning the game doesn't mean that God does not want us to still be a part of things. He does. He graciously invites us to be a part of things and to be with him as he does the things for us that he does. And we see that here with Moses and the people. Moses and the people sing along together to celebrate this great win that God has just given them. And they didn't accomplish it. They didn't really do anything to contribute to it, but they were still a part of it. They got to be a part of it through God's grace for two main reasons. First of all, uh, even though they didn't accomplish it, it was being accomplished for them. It was to bring them out of Egypt. It was to bring them from slavery into freedom that God did all of these things. So they are an integral part of what is happening because they are the object of God's salvation. They are the whole reason that God is doing this in the first place. So they are a part of things because it was accomplished for them. But they're also a part of things because they're on the same team. They're rooting for the same things. See, first of all, uh, they uh, were with God. God, as he's bringing the people out of Egypt, tells them, gives them this promise. I will be your God, and you will be my people. And so they belong to him. They are his people. They are on his side. But then they're also on each other's side because they are bound together in unity because they are God's people. And so when they were in slavery together, they cried out together. And when God brings victory to them, they celebrate together. They didn't accomplish these things, but they got to be a part of them. Blake, we got any answers? What do people, why do people like the live game better? Well, I would say the number one answer is food, the food. So we got nachos, hot dogs, ice cream. That was uh, a lot of people were quick to respond with that. Yeah, that is one of my favorite things also about going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other things that we got were uh, Eric said that he likes the first moment that you walk through the tunnel and see the field, take in the sights and sounds, um, which actually this is a weird thing about me. I like the color of the grass of professional fields. Oh, yeah. Even when it's real. It's cool. Yeah, we, uh, always, we all wish our lawns looked like yeah, that. Right, really exactly. Um, the energy, uh, the atmosphere, and then a lot of people saying just cheering for the same team, uh, being with other fans who are cheering for the same team as you. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Like That, to me, one of the, the best things about going to see a game live is you're there with all the other fans. You know? Yeah, we can you know, cheer in our living room or whatever, but that's not the same thing. Is when you're in a stadium, 
packed with people, and you're all cheering for the same team. You're all rooting for the same team. There's something really kind of special, uh, almost kind of magical about that. And yeah, uh, we're, we're not uh, causing the victory, but we get to be a part of it just by being there. Uh, we get to be a part of it by cheering along. We get to be a part of it by being with all the other fans as we tailgate and hang out together and have the food and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We get that same kind of benefit from being the people of God. We get that same benefit from being a part of what God is doing in the world and in our lives. Yeah, God accomplishes all of this for us. We contribute nothing, but God still wants us there. First of all, he's doing it for us, just like he did it for the Israelites. And he wants us to be able to praise him and celebrate with him the big things he has accomplished. Just as we gather together with people that wear the same jersey to lament those 13 to 9 losses, and to celebrate those 15 straight wins. Being together as the people of God gives us the same benefit. We can lament those losses just like the people of Israel lamented being trapped in slavery and bondage in Egypt. When we face tough times, we have people that we can gather together with and cry out to. We can mourn together over those losses we have in life, whether they be spiritual, emotional, or even physical through illness or death. We have people that we can come to together. But also, we can celebrate the wins because we know God gives us those wins. We know God gives us those blessings in life, but we also know he's won the big victory that we have the hope and promise of eternal life, that when we have those 13 to 9 losses, that's only halfway through the season. But we know we've already clinched it for the postseason because Jesus has done it. And so we can celebrate together as his people. So as we go forth today, a lot of us are going to go home, watch a game. But remember, we're already on a team. And remember, we've already won that victory through Jesus. And in his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.